0: For a podcast that brings you all the latest news and analysis on the silver and black.
1: Car from under center looks downfield, fires deep.
0: Complete Waller's got it. How about interviews with A-list guests? Just Pod, baby. Congrats on a hundred episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Henry Ruggs! Speed, touchdown, car with another bomb. And now, your host, Evan
2: Grote. Let's go. Go Raider Nation, and welcome back. I am your host, Evan Grote. You are listening to a brand new episode of Just Pod Baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today Podcast Network. Go check out the website if you have not already. It's VegasSportsToday.com. We cover all things Las Vegas sports, including the Raiders. We've added some new writers to the team. We've got five full-time writers who will be covering the Raiders for you all season long. While you're at it, also, please go out there and check out my website dedicated to the podcast, podbaby.com. Now that camp is underway, I will be updating the blog page uh, with some new stories and some of my thoughts from camp. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke. Uh, I'm back now. You can expect to hear from me on the podcast here on a regular basis, weekly basis now. So that is the plan going forward with the podcast. And I don't know about you guys. But I am fired up about camp finally being here. I cannot believe it. Uh, We got through the dreaded dead period of the NFL calendar. Training camp 2021 has commenced out in Henderson, Nevada. And I'm here to cover it all for you and give you my thoughts and everything that's going down with your Las Vegas Raiders. Now, we heard this week from head coach John Gruden. We heard from Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Andre James, and many, many others. Um, I have some thoughts on some of the uh, uh, what they had to say. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. also this week. We will discuss some of the key battles that I see uh, playing out here um, in training camp that will be played out in front of us in the upcoming weeks. And in segment two, what I want to do is take a quick look around the AFC West Division. There were a couple of teams who made There's some new faces and, and, and new places uh, this year within the division. I wanted to get into, into some of that. So that is the plan for the show this week. As I said, I am glad to be back here with you. But I want to start the show off by talking about expectations. Now, with the start of each new season comes the sense of a fresh start, right? A new beginning. And and with that fresh start comes renewed expectations. And it's no different this year. And it and this goes for all teams across the league. Everyone comes into camp, uh, expectations are high. The Raiders are now entering year four under John Gruden. And we've seen this team go from a four and twelve team to a seven and nine team to an eight and eight team a year ago. And, you know, that is gradual process. There's no denying it that there is a steady uh, improvement each year. And and maybe things aren't progressing at a rate that we would like to see. Uh, But we have seen some improvement. We've seen um, individual players make strides. We've seen the offensive unit make the jump into the top 10. But that has not been enough for this team. And, and what players and coaches and more importantly what the fans want to see is a playoff berth for this team that is the expectation for the 2021 season and i want i want to throw something out there for you that i'm sure you're well aware of but maybe you haven't thought about it in a while this organization has one winning season since The 2002 season when they went to the Super Bowl and and were uh, blown out by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by John Gruden. Let that sink in for a moment. One winning season. That is not acceptable. The time is now for the Raiders. The time is now. There are no more excuses. This team has been in position each of the last two seasons. I've talked about that at great length here on the podcast And I know there were some warts with those teams last year and the previous year, even though they were in a decent position after about 10 weeks. What this team needs to do this year is learn to finish the job. Finish the job. Now, we spoke on the last show a couple weeks ago. The national media, they are not high on this team this year. I talked about the NFL futures lines that have been set by... The books out in Vegas, they don't think this team is ready to be a playoff team. Seven and a half wins is the number right now. And let's be honest, seven or eight wins, that is not going to get it done. That will not get you into the playoffs. It's going to take nine or ten wins at least. And the great thing about this time of year is the hope that comes with it. Every team in the league, all 32 teams, they enter camp with the same goal of getting to the playoffs and hopefully for for one being that team that is lucky enough to stand on that podium and and hoist up that Lombardi trophy now for some teams that is a more realistic goal than others. I'm not saying that the Raiders are a, a Super Bowl contender, that's not what I'm getting at. But 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 the fact of the matter is it's a new year and right now, everyone across the league is zero and zero, and everything that the Raiders want is there for the taking. It won't be easy. There are some new faces on the offensive line. How will they come together and mesh? Can they become a solid, cohesive unit? There's a new defensive coordinator. The defensive side of the ball, uh, in my opinion, still has some questions that need to be answered and then you look at the schedule, that could shape up to be very challenging indeed as well. But we're all here for it. Uh, I'm going to be covering it like a glove, and I'm just thrilled that a new season is here. So I wanted to make sure I got a few of those thoughts out there at the top. Now let's shift gears uh, to some news and notes that we've heard from the early part of camp. Um, A couple of the bigger storylines that that we have gotten— uh, is, is number one, I want to start with rookie linebacker Divine Diablo and, and cornerback Isaiah Johnson. They were both placed on the PUP list, the PUP, physically unable to perform. Uh, Gruden told us that Diablo tweaked his knee and, and had a minor procedure. Um, he, you know, He wasn't real active in the offseason program as well, so now we, we kind of know why. He, he did have a, a minor procedure to the knee, so he'll be working his way back from that. Uh, I'm not quite aware of the injury, what what the injury is to Isaiah Johnson, but hopefully uh, each of those two players will return sooner rather than later. You know, it's not the ideal start that you want for Diablo, a rookie coming in, kind of played that hybrid role in college between a safety and a linebacker. The Raiders want to use him more at a linebacker, so you'd love to see him in there learning this system. Um, so it, 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 he's missing some crucial time here early in camp. Hopefully it's not going to put him uh, behind the eight ball too much. Um, Johnson is a guy who, if you follow the show, you know last year I was very high on him. I thought he was kind of a dark horse maybe to win that corner job opposite of Trayvon and That didn't happen. He did get some time. He showed some flashes, made some plays. Uh, I remember against the Chargers, he, he had a, a decent game. I think now he finds himself possibly on the roster bubble. Um, so, uh, you know, things come at you real fast in this league. We'll see. I still like the kid. I'm hoping he can get back sooner rather than later and, and, and uh, secure him, his, himself a spot on this roster. Now, another notable name. Or names, I should say, uh, who were not on the practice field to begin camp was number one undrafted free agent defensive tackle Darius Stills uh, out of West Virginia. He was really beginning to make a name for himself in the off-season program at minicamp and LTAs with the work that he was putting in, and. and You know, Stills now lands himself on the non-football injury list. And according to our guy, Vinny Bonsignor of the Review-Journal, who covers the team, he seems to think that it's more of a day-to-day issue with Stills, uh, with with whatever it is that he is uh, dealing with and what he has going on. So uh, let's hope that Stills is back uh, at some point. Joining Darius Stills on the NFI list is running back Kenyon Drake. So if you follow any of the, the beat reporters who cover the team for the Raiders, you would have heard that uh, he was spotted uh, at practice on on Wednesday on the sidelines, but um, not working with the team or in, in any kind of individual drills. Um, it, it's also not expected that Drake's um, absence is anything serious, and he is, he is expected back very soon as well. And then there were two other roster moves that were made this week that are I think are worth noting. Running backs uh, Jalen Rashard and Theo Riddick were both placed on the COVID-19 list. Um, so they will be out sometime, assuming those were both positive cases, and su- assuming they both tested positive I still believe the protocol, uh, I'm not totally up to date with what the NFL protocols are this year versus what they were last year. But I believe believe last year, if you tested positive, you were out of commission for at least 10 days. So um, it could be some time before we see uh, Jalen Rashard and Theo Riddick uh, out at camp getting some work in. So those are some of the news and notes from the early uh, part of training camp. A couple other things that I want to get here to in in segment one, before we get to our first break, Uh, we we did hear from several players who spoke with members of the media this week. And I, and I have to say one of the bigger takeaways for me has been the, the positive comments that we've been hearing about Gus Bradley. He, he seems to be really making a good impression um, in the locker room out there on the practice fields and with, with his players, um, players from both sides of the ball uh, commenting and, and praising Bradley for the, uh, his energy, his enthusiasm, and, and, and what he brings to the field with him each day. Let's take a listen to some of those comments here from Derek Carr and Max Crosby.
1: And Coach Gus Bradley, you know, who I was around for the Senior Bowl and now have competed against for seven, now going on eight years, really, um, is again same super smart. The presence that Coach Gus, uh, you know, carries to the field, you can feel that. You know, um, there's one voice when he talks, all 11 eyes on that defense are looking at him. You know, and that's that's impressive. You know, you, you when you go into their defensive meeting room, you know who has the attention, right? And uh, I, 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 you know, I think it's good. I think it makes our guys excited you know they're tired of talking about all this stuff you know um just like i you know i've gotten older and wiser just to get away from it you know you just just get away from that stuff you know but some of these guys are young and it's first time they're going through that in their life and they're sick of it you know and you can definitely feel that that urgency and that that uh that demand that he's bringing and they're they're taking you know it's one thing for a coach to bring it it's another thing for him to bring it and the players to accept it and say yeah we're gonna ride with that guy and they they've done that so uh, I'm excited I'm excited for him uh, we got a tough challenge in this in this division you know Gus knows that you know um, but you know we're very very optimistic very excited you can definitely feel a difference and the more you guys are around coach Bradley you'll hear him and you know I mean it's literally every play he's he's on someone about something whether it's their step or you know how they fit on a tackle you know I mean it's just the detail is unbelievable it's like it's like gruden you know the amount of detail that we go into the same thing that he's doing it's impressive yeah, you know, Coach Bradley has just brought a, a different energy. Um, you can talk to him about anything. You know, it can go from football to life to back to football. You know, in the matter of ten minutes. So he's just—he's a—you know—he's—he's he's a ball of energy um, at all times, and that's what you want in a coach. You know, uh, he's a big positive influence in this building, and uh, I'm—you know—looking forward to playing playing under him.
2: So there you heard it, some uh, really good, positive comments from uh, Derek Carr and Max Crosby on Gus Bradley, really making his presence felt. And, you know, before I get into that any further, I wanted to comment on Max Crosby real quick. Uh, this guy seems like he is just in a, in a really good place right now. I know that he kind of put himself out there um, over the offseason about, I guess, his his struggle with, with um, maybe a alcoholism, it sounds like, uh, talking about how he um, struggled with staying sober and whatnot, and and he seems like he is in a, a really good place right now. And you're hearing out of camp that he's really taking on a larger leadership role for this team, which I think is great. And I, I think when you combine him with uh, Yannick and Gakaway and, and the leadership that they can both bring to this unit, they absolutely need someone out there to be that, not only the guy who's going to lead by example, but be that vocal leader that some of the younger guys and other players on the defense will look up to, um, especially in those moments when you need big plays and, and things of that nature. So it is good to hear that, man. Max Crosby seems to be in a very healthy place, um, not only physically, but mentally and and emotionally as well. Now, getting back to Gus Bradley, you know this is the news that we want to hear out of camp early on, the positive feedback about that defense. Now, I believe, and I've said it before, that of all the additions that were made in free agency, all the signings that were brought in, the draft picks that were made on the defensive side of the ball, none of those moves is as important as... As the addition of Gus Bradley, and not only Gus Bradley, but the position coaches that he brings along with him in Ron Milas, in Richard Smith, these guys are going to be tasked with fixing that linebacker core, addressing the the, uh, secondary, that very young and youthful secondary. secondary. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think there's been a major lack of talent throughout the last few years. Dating back to uh, the Jack Del Rio era, right? There's been definitely a lack of of talent and personnel. But I do th- also think we saw how important it is to have a solid plan, a solid scheme, a guy leading the defense who is a great teacher and a great motivator, right? And I and I think we saw uh, a lack of that. With Paul Gunther and in the defensive coordinators prior to him as well. So you bring in a guy like Gus Bradley, who who was talked about as a great motivator, a great teacher, um, with great energy, attention to detail, not afraid to chew someone out. All of those uh, all of those great qualities of a coach, and and you instantly think that there should be some automatic improvement um, on the defense. Now I was a guest on Raider Nation Radio on Wednesday in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignore. Um, it had been a while since I was on. Um, but, you know, when I was on with Vinny, we, he asked me about this very topic about Gus Bradley. And uh, I'm going to play for you a little bit of that audio from my conversation with Vinny.
1: We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, Evan Grote, uh, from Just Pod Baby, uh, one of our good friends. And, Evan, first of all, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, you got a chance to look at some visuals today of training camp. You got a chance to hear from Derek Carr and uh, and, and Henry Ruggs with the, with the new guns that he's uh, sporting. Uh, what were your first impressions of day one of the 2021 yeah. Raiders? Yeah, long time. No talk of anything. Thanks for
3: having me on again, and and I'm happy to be be back on with you, and I'm even more happy that now for the next five or six months, we actually have real football to discuss, so I'm really fired up about that, but yeah, to get back to your question, um, I I think the the, the, the biggest takeaway for me from from the first day of practice was, you know, I'm really excited to hear about the, the buzz that is surrounding the new defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, and and the energy that he brings to work with him every day. Uh, We heard Max Crosby speak about that say, as well as Derek Carr and and Nicholas Morrow. Um, And and, you know, it's what this defense needs. There's there's new leadership on that side of the ball. There's a new scheme, a a whole new vision. And you know, Vinny, the defense was the big storyline all off-season long. We talked about it a lot here on Raider Nation Radio, and they will continue to be the storyline all throughout training camp into week one, they must show improvement if this team is expecting to get to the playoffs this season. And, and I think, um, you know, we heard John Gruden speak yesterday. I think he hit the nail on the head yesterday when he when he said it all starts up front. How much pressure will that defensive line generate? They brought in some new bodies, as we know. We discussed the names at length. And Gakwe must live up to the hype. Max Crosby, he needs to continue to ascend. Uh, I think Keith Barrow, he needs to. You know, add that dimension now as a pass rusher to go along with you know, being a solid one-stopper. Uh, he needs to show that he can he can make some more um, impact plays in games as a pass rusher. Um, and, you know, you have to hope that some of the new additions on the interior to go along with some of those rotational guys like Carl Nassau and, and Malcolm Koops, hopefully they can all come together, uh, you know, and, and wreck some havoc. But I'm 100% with Gooden this defense will go as far as that D line will take them this
2: year. So what do you think? Do you agree with me? Are you fired up about Gus Bradley as well? Am I right to think that the key to the defense will be the defensive line and how much they can affect opposing quarterbacks? And I'm I'm not only talking about creating sacks. Sure, they 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 definitely need to improve on that number of I think it was 21 sacks from a year ago. That's got to go up. I'd like to see that number get somewhere into the mid to low 30s, let's say. Maybe 35, 33 sacks. That would be a big jump. But it's also about generating quarterback pressures and quarterback hurries and, and just getting and hitting the quarterback more. Those are plays that might not show up in the box score, but they they have a major impact on games. And it, and it cannot be understated as well that the best way to help out a young secondary or any secondary, especially a secondary that had major struggles in coverage last year, is a strong pass rush. So, so that's why I feel the D-line needs to get it done this year. They have to be a strength of the defense. Okay, guys, I'm up against it. I'm going to step aside here for a moment, and when we return from this quick break, I want to dive into a couple of positional battles that I will be monitoring throughout camp as well as going through the AFC West Division and just kind of previewing each team briefly. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, brought to you by TheVegasSportsToday.com.
3: I mean, it's just it's just, just, a lot of hard work. I mean, I, I put a lot of weight on my shoulders on, like I said, not only being being a leader but developing a, a a larger role in the offense and even on the team. So I mean, I, I feel like, you know, myself I'm I'm motivated to to do some big things this year. And I mean, you know, Derek is the quarterback. He's the leader of the team right now and, you know, I'm I'm under him whenever I need to be.
0: Welcome back to Just Pod Baby.
2: Run down the field, home.
0: You're home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. La Raiders news, views and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider.
2: There you heard from second-year wide receiver Henry Ruggs talking about carving out a larger role for himself and and the motivation that he has going into this season to make that big jump in year two. We'd love to see it. Everyone who is uh, close to the team, players, beat writers who I follow, raving about the work that Ruggs has put in. During the offseason, he looks physically, he looks bigger and stronger. Let's just hope that it transforms, it helps transform uh Ruggs into that threat the Raiders thought he was when they selected him as the first wide receiver off the board in the 2020 draft. We are back here on Just Pod Baby, part of Vegas Sports Today Podcast Network. Just a heads up, make sure that you are also subscribing to our other Raiders podcast here on Vegas Sports Today, uh, which is Silver and Black Today, hosted, of course, by Scott Gilbranson. He also this week released a brand new episode. Um, He was joined by his featured guest this week, Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus. You want to make sure you uh, are subscribing to both this podcast as well as Silver and Black Today. Also, give me a follow on Twitter, if you don't already, at eGroat5, and while you're on, while you're uh, subscribing to the podcast, please leave me a positive review and rating if you, uh, if you don't mind doing that for me. Okay, segment number two. Uh, I have a couple of topics that I want to touch on. Uh, let's first start with training camp battles. Uh, each summer, you know, we see these these play out. A couple of different players going for a starting role or a bet, even a backup role. Um, I've got two for you. Trying to think a little bit outside the box here with some of these. How about the starting right guard job? We know there was major changes that were made across the offensive line. A new right tackle, a new center, and possibly a new right guard as well. I will continue. I've been saying it, and I'm going to continue to say it. I think the offensive line is still in question. I I like the left side with Colton Miller. He's as solid as that gets. Richie Incognito, um obviously we, we know what he brings to the to the to the offensive line, although the latter did not practice on Thursday. Incognito did not practice on Thursday. And I don't have any information at the time of this recording as to why Incognito did not practice. Perhaps maybe they're just kind of babying him, really taking it slow uh with him as he returns from that Achilles injury that he, he suffered a year ago, although you know, it's only the second practice of the camp. I mean, that seems a bit odd to, to have him sit out after one day. But anyhow, um, I do expect him to be healthy and to be out there playing with this group. Um, and, and then, you know, you move down to the center position and Andre James is a huge unknown right now. And say what you want. Yes, we know the coaches think very highly of him. Not only did, did they feel confident enough to trade away Rodney Hudson, but but then they go out there and give James a a, a new contract, an a, a increase in pay. So that really tells you all you need to know about how they feel about James. But the kid has only got 115 snaps on his resume. So I need to see it with with young uh, Andre James before I believe the hype that you know we've heard from from the coaches. Uh, big shoes to fill uh, for that young man, no doubt about it. And then you got. The right tackle job, uh, Alex Leatherwood, the first round pick from this year, steps in as your day one starter. And again, say what you want about all his accolades and accomplishments at Alabama, he still is a rookie. Uh, who is making the jump to the pro game, and, and so that is that can be a, a difficult transition, even for the, the the greatest players coming out of college. Very good as a run blocker, I expect him to uh, you know be solid there to start his career. Uh, but he's going to need to continue to develop as a pass protector, um, you know, as, as the season goes on and as his career goes on. But I do have faith that. He will be a good player. I just don't know if it'll be immediately out of the gate for this team. That leads me to the right guard job. And I think that many assume it will be Denzel Good that just falls into that starting job based on the amount of snaps that he played for this team over the past two seasons. Uh, But I don't think we can forget about um, John Simpson, the, the 2019 fourth round pick out of Clemson. He still is only 23 years old. Now, Denzel Good... We know he filled in nicely uh, for this team the past two years, especially last season where he made 14 starts. And he does have that versatility. Uh, He can also play tackle, which is nice. But we're not talking about him just making the roster. We're talking about him earning a starting spot. And we're talking about him playing the guard position. The Raiders did reward him for his, his, his high level of play. Uh, the past two seasons, by giving him a new contract. He got that new contract extension from the team. He got paid, and and he certainly does have the edge of experience over Simpson, um, who only has, I think, made two starts a year ago, two starts in his career. Uh, but if you listened at all to what Mayock and what Gruden were saying during the offseason about some of the moves that were made, uh, when they referred to the offensive line, they kept commenting on Two things, getting younger and getting more athletic. So based on what I have heard from them, that, that's what I'm going to keep in mind as I as this competition between Simpson and Good plays out. Now the other battle that I am focusing on, thinking again a little bit outside the box, maybe not one that you're hearing about uh, as much, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the defensive end position opposite of Yannick Ngakoui. Um, and, and I'm talking about, is it going to be Max Crosby or Cleveland Farrell? Now, on day one of practice on Wednesday, the starting front four was Ngakaway, John Hankins, Quinton Jefferson, and Max Crosby. And I was a little surprised by that, to be honest. I, I assumed it would be Farrell. And and, and the, the big reason for that is his ability versus the run compared to Crosby's. Now, I looked at the grades last year uh, from Pro football focus just to kind of give myself a refresher um, from the 2020 season. Farrell graded out as a 76.6 to Crosby's 56.1. Um now, you know, I, I'm not gonna make too much of one day, the very first day of training camp. It's still very early on in camp, and things could change. I, I'm sure they will change, but there was some talk in the offseason about the idea of reducing the workload for Crosby and possibly, you know, limit his role of more of a, just a, a third-down uh, rusher. And and I thought that made a lot of sense because we did see Crosby play over 900 snaps last year. And, and, and you know, while he was playing injured and, and he played through some things, just wasn't as efficient with all of those snaps as we saw maybe in his rookie year. So, um you know, I, I thought it made sense to kind of utilize Crosby, keep him fresh and use him to rush your quarterback on third down while using Farrell as your early down edge player uh, in base and, and against, you know, in running situations or early rundowns. But that's not what we've seen. Um, at least not in the first couple days of practice. Um, and and one of the concerns that I would have with starting both Crosby and Ngakwe is that neither of those two men are known as stout defenders against the run. In fact, I went back and looked at Ngakwe's grade Uh, last year 2020 and he graded out the worst of the three with a 46.1 so that would give me some pause early on you could really see teams looking to game plan to attack the Raiders defense with the run game on the edges it was an issue last year for this defense and we might see that occur again and there's one other final notable battle that I'm going to throw out there Uh, this one has gotten much more coverage from from fans in the media and that is the slot cornerback job Uh, is it going to be Nevin Lawson the rookie Nate Hobbs we've heard uh, coaches speak highly of him Amik Robertson the rookie from a year ago who I had high hopes for um, did not get off to a great start in his rookie year um, Damon Arnett is—is is he a guy that's going to get a look at, at the slot corner after a disappointing season? Um, on 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 the outside, uh, we don't know what, what what's going to happen with him on Thursday. Vinny tweeted out that it was Nate Hobbs getting some of the run with the ones. Maybe he's keeping the seat warm for the veteran Nevin Lawson until he, uh, because don't forget he will be, have to serve a suspension. Uh, to start the season I believe it's two games I could be wrong maybe it's more maybe it's less but I, I do know that he'll be serving a suspension um, so it's possibly they're getting uh, Hobbs ready to go um, until until Lawson does return so those are three of the battles that I'm intrigued by and we'll be keeping a close eye on all throughout the summer Alright, and for the final topic that I have for you on this week's episode of Just Pod Baby, I want to take a look at the AFC West division, go through and give you a, a brief preview of all three of the other teams. Let's start with the Denver Broncos. I think it's safe to say that the biggest question mark with them is the most important one, and it's the most important position in the game, and that's at quarterback. Drew Locke has just not been the guy uh, for Denver. They now have brought in Teddy Bridgewater. This year to compete for that job and there were some rumblings uh, in the past month or so that Denver could have been a destination or a landing spot for Aaron Rodgers had he been dealt. Obviously, that was not the case, but it is all about the quarterback competition uh, for the Broncos and whomever it should be that is playing quarterback. Uh, for the Broncos, they do have a decent offensive line in front of them, uh, led by 2020 All-Pro left tackle Garrett Bowles. They have Dalton Reisner, center Lloyd Cushenberry. They added Graham Glasgow in free agency. And, and the revolving door for the offensive line has been at right tackle. They they will need to get that figured out at some point this season. Now, the weapons on offense are are ridiculous for Denver. Uh, just, just an embarrassment of riches, really, on, on offense. I mean, they are loaded everywhere you look. Uh, We'll start with the backfield. They've got Melvin Gordon. Uh, They also drafted a very talented running back, uh, Javante Williams out of North Carolina, who I really like. And, you know, by season's end or maybe even before that could really be pushing uh, Gordon for some snaps. And I I think they've got a really good group of runners uh, there. And those two guys, the pass catchers are outstanding with Jerry Judy who is a guy, you, if you follow the show, uh, going back to last year's draft, you know I'm very high on him. Cortland Sutton returns this year after missing last season with a torn ACL. And keep in mind, in 2019, he he went for over 1,000 yards. He was a kind of like a rising star, wide receiver in the league. Uh, they still have the speedster K.J. Hamler, who is there, Tim Patrick. And they've got a couple of really good tight ends as well to throw the ball to, and Noah Fant and Elbert O. But... Um, you know, as I said, uh, you could have all that talent, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot if the quarterback can't deliver them the ball. So, so monitor the quarterback situation in Denver closely. On defense, for Denver, you know, which has been the calling card for them in recent seasons, it's not what they once were, but I do expect them to be a little bit better this year uh, with a healthy Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing off the edges. I like some of the linebackers on the team that they have in Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. And uh, you know, on the back end, they they invested a first round pick in, in what should be and what who, who should develop into a, a shutdown corner at some point in Patrick Sertan the second. They added Kyle Fuller uh, in free agency from the Bears, who is kind of um kind of a signing that I, I think is is under the radar or kind of a low key signing that I think is a good one. Um, we're talking about a guy who's made 94 starts out of a possible 96 games he's played in his career. So this guy has a lot of experience under his belt and, and at safety, they have one of the best safeties in the business in in Justin Simmons. So, um, you know, for Denver, I think health is going to be uh, a concern. Um, and, and the QB play, right? Um, those are going to be the storylines for this team. Also, Head coach Vic Fangio could be coaching for his job this season. Uh, he has struggled to kind of get this team back on track since he took over. I think yeah, he could be one of the uh, head coaches that you see on the hot seat early early on if this team is, is slow to get out of the gates. The win total for Denver is set at 7.5 uh, as of right now, like the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders will face the Broncos in Denver on October 17th, which, which is week six, and then again in Las Vegas on week 16 on December 26th. Uh, moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers, I, I think this team is, is kind of tough to evaluate. It's probably one of the, for me, it's the, t- it's the toughest team to evaluate within the division because of the change that was made at head coach. Uh, out goes Anthony Lynn, and in comes Brandon Staley, who is a defensive-minded guy compared to Lynn, who was an offensive-minded coach. He comes over from the Rams, and he was the mastermind behind their strong defense in 2020. He's a first-time head coach, though, so we have very little to go on, but the cupboards are not bare in Los Angeles. Um, Starting on offense, they have appeared to nail the pick at quarterback, right? It, It looks like they have the makings of a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert, who kind of came in uh started I, th- I believe started 15 games last year he was not supposed to be the starter going into the season but that freak accident with Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor kind of thrust uh, herber into action and he and he just set the league on fire and he, he never looked back he ended the year with uh just over 4300 yards and 31 touchdown passes uh, to, to go with uh, against 10 interceptions and, you know, he guided the Chargers on a seven and nine record. And I think that's, that's saying something because, with all that's been made about the struggles that the Raiders rookies had and, and the new players that the Raiders had last year on their roster without that rookie mini camp and the OTAs and all of those things, that offseason. When you look at what Justin Herbert was able to do in his rookie season, it's quite remarkable, really. So uh, I think he's well on his way to a, um, a really good career. I, I expect him only to get better having now that that full offseason to prepare. And he's got some weapons around him. Uh, we know Keenan Allen. He's been on the team for many years. Mike Williams, can he stay healthy? I think that's the big question mark with him. What, do you, what are you going to get from him? He's a talented guy when he's out there. But the problem with him is he's just not out there enough and uh, they drafted another rookie wide receiver who I've been hearing a lot of good things about. Uh, his name's Josh Palmer from Tennessee. He's a bigger receiver, 6'2", 220 pounds. Um, I listen to a lot of fantasy uh, sports radio uh, on SiriusXM, and he, he's one of the guys that they've been talking up as a possible sleeper should uh, Mike Williams uh, miss time with an injury. Look for Palmer to step in and pick up some of his um, production, and, and they did lose a very good tight end in Hunter Henry. He's with the the Patriots now in free agency, but they replaced him with a guy who Raider Nation is very familiar with, and that's Jared Cook. and, and Cook, yes, he's getting up there in age; he's thirty four years old. And uh, but you know what, Cookie can still run. He can still run. And he's, he's been very productive. Um, I went back and looked at some of his numbers. In the last three seasons, he has scored 22 touchdowns. So still a very productive guy, a threat in the red zone, and a, and a guy who can run. Now, the running back room is all about Austin Eckler. He's a, he's a dual threat guy, one of the better receiving backs in the league. Um, so again, if he can stay healthy, he, he's a guy that can hurt you. Um, Joshua Kelly, a second year player out of UCLA, um, he got some time. He got some snaps last year, along with Justin Jackson, who was in the mix last year as well. And they added another runner to, to that group this year, uh, a rookie, Larry, Larry Roundtree from Missouri. He's more of a bigger back. Um, I remember reading about him during draft time. He's more of a bruiser. Uh, he's not so much of a so much of an elusive kind of runner, but he's a he's a bigger back, maybe a goal line short yardage kind of guy. So uh, they've got some some backs there who they like. Uh, there was a complete overhaul with the offensive line. That is that has been the issue for this team over the years. They added a new center in Corey Lindsley. Uh, they brought in two quality starting guards. Uh, you can't forget about Rashawn Slater, who they got who who really just kind of fell to them in the draft. They were really lucky to get him uh, where they did. He was arguably the top, uh, one of the top top tackles in the class. And they still have Brian uh, Bulaga, who spent many years with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Health has been a question for him as well. But when he is out there, he's a very good player. Um, It looks a lot better on paper for the Chargers right now. We'll just have to see how that all plays out for them along the offensive line. Defensively, They've always had talent, and, and they and they still do. They have talent. Again, it's the injuries um, for the defensive side of the ball. Can Derwin James play a full season? Can Joey Bosa play a full season? What, what are they going to get from some of those other guys up front like Linval Joseph, Jerry Tillery, Um, they also have some depth at linebacker that I like. I was really high on Kenneth Murray coming out a couple years ago from Oklahoma. He didn't have the greatest rookie year, struggled in coverage a bit. Uh, but I still think he has a bright future. Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame. He was injured last year. I think he had that really gruesome leg injury if I'm, if I recall correctly, but he was showing some flashes, uh, as well. But Uh, As I have said numerous times, it is all about health for the Chargers. How quickly uh, can uh, new head coach Brandon Staley uh, adjust to his new role as an NFL head coach? The Chargers are at nine wins right now, according to Vegas Sportsbooks. They will face the Raiders uh, week four in LA, its primetime game, and again in the season finale on January 9th in Las Vegas. And last but not least, that brings me to the defending AFC uh, division, or AFC conference champions, I should say, the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, there's really not much to say about the Chiefs. We know uh, we know them very well. They're loaded again in offense um, with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Harden, Edwards-Elair. Um, they did lose Sammy Watkins in free agency, but uh, not a huge loss for them. The one major weakness that they did have last season, which was exposed badly in the Super Bowl, well, they have kind of solidified that weakness now, and that's the offensive line. Major upgrades were made, uh, starting with uh, the trade that they made to bring in Orlando Brown, the second, from uh, Baltimore. They also signed Joe Thune. Um, They drafted a rookie, Creed Humphrey. Um, and, and also remember they are going to be getting back, uh, guard, uh, and not sure if I'm going to pronounce the name correctly, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who, if you remember, he opted out of last season, uh, he's a doctor and he chose, I think he's from Canada and I think he, uh, or, uh, and he chose to, to work on the front lines last year. He opted out of the season to fight against covid um in 2020 so uh the group looks much improved they knew it was an issue they had they they have to protect the 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 franchise the 45 million dollar quarterback um in in Patrick Mahomes and I think they did went out and did a pretty good job uh of doing that we know this offense is going to score a lot of points and they're going to score them quickly you need to be able to score with them if if you want to beat them and that's what the Raiders were able to do last year in their victory, um, out there in Kansas City, and they almost were able to do it again uh, in Las Vegas. They were able to score points with them. That's the recipe. That's how you beat the Chiefs. Um, defensively, uh, Frank Clark, he could be suspended. Uh, I'm sure you have heard about the legal issues that he's having right now. Uh, we haven't quite gotten word on that yet, as far as I'm, as far as I know. Um, they did add another defensive tackle to go along with Chris Jones, who I think is one of the best in the in the league, uh, Jeron Reed, who was uh, spent some time with the Seahawks. Uh, he's a player I really like. I was hoping the Raiders were gonna go after him when he was uh, available. They did not do that. He ended up going to the Chiefs and you know that's this guy is not uh, that far removed from a 10 sack season so he can be disruptive. Uh, on the interior, you can, you you team him up with um, potentially uh, Frank Clark if he you know should not miss time and and, and Chris Jones that that's a formidable uh, front four. Uh, behind them, you have Nick Bolton, who is a second round pick in in this year's draft, um, linebacker out of Missouri, who. Uh, looks looks like he's going to be a good player, uh, based on what we've seen him from his college tape. Anthony Kitchen as well, and, and Willie Gay, who they used a draft pick on just a couple years ago. Um, you know, I'm not blown away with the cornerbacks on this team. I think if you're looking to get, um, you know, pick a weakness with their defense, I would say they're vulnerable on the outside. If you're looking to uh, attack them. But the back end, very good with with Tyron Matthew, Juan Thorhill, and and, and, and Sorensen. So, as I said, the defense, it's not great. They've got some really high end players, uh, but they don't need to be great, right? You know, I mean, a, a top twenty defense for them or top fifteen is really all they need. They have a a pretty uh, good coordinator and Steve Spagnola, who likes to dial up a lot of exotic pressures. He likes to bring it. And, and so, you know, this team is, is is all, it's an offensive team. We know that uh, the defense just has to be good enough to keep them in games and the offense will take care of the rest for them. I expect them to be on a mission this year. I, I really do. They were embarrassed last year uh, in the Super Bowl, um, you know, so I do expect them to um, just be really, really focused this year and, and and, you know, on a mission to try to get back to that game. Their win total is at 12. Uh, I believe. And and the Raiders uh, will see them for the first time in week 10 at home. That's a primetime game. And then again, just four weeks later on December 12th, excuse me, in Arrowhead, that'll be a cold weather game. Uh, We've discussed uh, those issues in cold weather games uh, on past shows here throughout the years. Uh, So that is your AFC West division preview. It's the chiefs division to lose. I see the Raiders and the chargers fighting it out for the second spot in the division and the Broncos kind of coming up uh, in in last in in the division. So let me know what you guys think. Tweet at me, DM me, reach out to me via the website through the contact page. Let me know what you think about uh, the division uh, preview. All right, guys, that's all I have for you this week. Thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy your weekend. It's time to get excited. Football is back. And you know what? Week one, it's going to be here before you know it. So it's time to... Get tuned in to Vegasports.com, JustPodBaby.com. We're going to have it all here covered for you. We will chat again next week. Until then, I am your host, Evan Grope. This is Just Pod Baby. Take care, everyone. And as always, just win, baby.